0: My name is Mike Garlier
1: and I'm Steve Jones.
0: When Steps, The Backstreet Boys and Westlife dominated the pop charts, we decided to write a script
1: based on our experiences as holiday entertainers.
0: It sat in an attic for the last 16 years. How terrible is the writing? How awful will the acting be?
1: Only you can help us decide.
0: This is Bad Scripts.
1: Welcome to episode 10 of Bad Scripts Presents Last Resort. Mike, it's a pleasure as always to have you with me for what should be a fantastic episode.
0: Hi Steve, it's
1: lovely to be back recording with you. Um, How's your week been? It's been good, but not as good as my weekly dose of this with you. Before we start episode three of The Last Resort, episode 10 of the podcast, I think we just need to check up on where we were at the end of episode nine. What's going on, Mike?
0: Well, I think episode nine is, it's it, I, for me, it's where the story really came together, Steve. So the boys have debuted the, the boy band. Goodness knows what Dan is doing with that microphone that we spoke about, but also, Donna and Dan have uh, fallen in love with their whirlwind 12-hour romance and, uh, and Adam didn't seem to take his chance with Sam. And I think that's kind of where we're at. I
1: think you pretty much summed it up there. We saw a little hint from Kelly that she wasn't too impressed with, with Dan and Donna's relationship. But whether that'll come to anything or not, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Go so
0: I'm interested in this dynamic between... Dan and Robin, though. I mean, because we never really covered it, we never talked about it, but Dan seems to, although he's making great strides in his interpersonal relationship with Donna, he seems to get a great deal of joy of winding Robin up. I mean, what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think he certainly does. I think he sees that Robin has this kind of... I think he finds him non-threatening, and as such, he enjoys... Poking the bear a little bit because he knows he's gonna wind him up, but he knows it's not really a threat to him.
0: That does make sense. So we've we've covered a lot about character arc so far, and we're going into our we're going into what is the last episode of this of this series. What do you want to see happen for Robin, Steve? Any any predictions? Any any thoughts on where you want to see him going as a character?
1: Um, I think do we do we need to see Robin having his own relationship at the moment. He's been very much a a character driving the story along for the the Dans and the Adams of this world. But but does he have his own story? Or where's he going with this? I mean, episode one of Last Resorts, we saw him very much be the accident-prone, oh, my God, catchphrase kind of guy. Second, you know, he's partway through the season. He seems to have... Come out of himself, quite literally, and become this dancer who is um, out there, who is confident, and is capable. I want to see where he's going from here now. Are we going to see more of the social side of of robin
0: i'm in complete agreement i want to see more of robin i want to see more of vladimir i'd like to see less of the characters where i have to do really dodgy accents Uh, i don't think that's going to be the case though but i definitely want to see some more of these side characters kind of complete their stories and come to the forefront a little bit more so And, and robin and vladimir are probably two that i would definitely like to see a bit more of is there anyone in particular you'd like to see more of
1: um, I think the barman. I think we saw them in uh, the last episode for a short amount of time. But uh, where are where are Gary and uh, Colin going from here? That's the question. What's their motivation?
0: To pour another drink, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Anyway,
1: on with the show. Episode three. Exterior street. Adam and Dan walk onto the street, which is lined with pubs on both sides. They reach the first bar and enter. This whole sequence is sped up, and after a few seconds, they come out and go into another pub. This repeats a few times, and it gradually gets darker. Dan, at one point, is wearing a wig, and Adam has a scuffle with him trying to get it. They laugh and enter another bar. Interior, nightclub. Adam and Dan are in the club and are both quite drunk. In the club also is Donna, Kelly, Pete, Karen and the dancers, among other customers. It's busy. Adam and Dan are stood at the bar. Uh what are we having then? Shots. Couple of shots. Oh man, I'm gonna be wasted.
0: Yeah, but I'm too bloated, mate. I need something small.
1: Donna leans over Adam and kisses Dan.
0: Uh, pretend I'm not here. Oh, <laughs> you already are. Do you
1: do you want do you want a drink? I've already got one. Are you drunk? <laughs> course not, sweetheart. <laughs> Been looking after Adam. Now he's proper pissed. Adam smiles drunkenly. Ah. Oh. How nice of you. I'm going to have a dance. Uh, okay, I need to drain the lizard and I'll be right over to shake my thing.
0: Wait, he's he's going to shake his lizard on Donna? <laughs> Is that what he's inferring It did, there? It, it did sound
1: like he was going to just <laughs> come straight out of the toilets and, you know. <laughs> who needs to wipe when you can stamp and shake?
0: <laughs> I don't Yeah, Well, I mean, each to their own and all that, but... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, you can be so romantic Donna leaves and Dan follows Adam stays leaning heavily on the bar
0: Yeah, I'll just stay here Don't worry about me, I'll be fine I'm really drunk
1: Kelly appears beside Adam He doesn't notice her
0: Long time no see Oh, hey, hello, how are you? (laughs) Bit better than you I know. I've drank far too much. Hey, you don't look that bad.
1: Adam leans close to Kelly.
0: You sure my eyes look okay?
1: Adam looks glazed as he squints at Kelly.
0: Fine. They're still brown and sexy.
1: <laughs> Adam laughs. <laughs> <Jeez>. Okay. <clears throat>
0: Oh, stop it. You're making me blush. I'll do more than that if you play your cards right.
1: Adam doesn't register what Kelly is implying.
0: Do you want a drink?
1: Interior nightclub dance floor. Adam walks onto the dance floor, swaying and stumbling around. He is spilling a funny looking cocktail onto the floor. Adam spots Dan and Donna smooching closely. He walks over and puts his arms around both of them.
0: Oh, you guys are you guys are great! <laughs> I'm not just saying that because I've had a drink. I really, really mean it.
1: Donna turns to Dan. I've never seen him like this before.
0: I have. You are my best mate, Danny boy. I fucking love you.
1: Dan notices the drink. What's that you're drinking, you soppy southern get? I don't know. Uh, Kelly got me it. Uh,
0: Jelly Bean, I
1: think. Do you think he'll be all right? Yeah, of course he will. He'll be all right once he's chucked. Kelly approaches the group with another Jelly Bean. To Donna. Where's Sam? Oh, she was tired. Got an early night. I wish
0: she was here. I think she, I think she's great, a real friender, you know. Got you another drink. I, 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 I can't. One more, and I'll get us a cab home.
1: Okie dokie. Adam takes the drink, has a mouthful, and stumbles away. What are you playing at?
0: Just having some fun. Not that it's any of your business.
1: Kelly turns and walks after Adam. Donna and Dan take their smooching positions and kiss.
0: So what is in a jelly bean cocktail? I really I think remember. we need to explore that. I don't
1: remember, but it, it may have jelly beans in it.
0: Yeah, so this is when you would buy these big giant jugs of cocktails for like five or six pounds or something, was Like it? a
1: goldfish bowl or something, you know, or a pitcher. You just walk around with the pitcher in your hand. A jelly bean is a genuine cocktail, as far as I'm aware.
0: Okay, I think... I need one of these.
1: Well, next time we go out, I promise I will buy you a jelly bean cocktail. How does that sound?
0: Cheers, mate. Well, this is the, um, I think this is the definition of a fun pub. What you have is Kelly walks around with big giant cocktails and uh, yeah, it just sounds like a lot of fun.
1: (laughs) But what is Kelly playing at? What does Dan mean by what is Kelly playing at? We know.
0: We know what she's playing at. We know, right?
1: That Adam's drunk again. So in episode eight... He got drunk didn't go through with it with sam but now he's with kelly getting drunker and drunker still talking about sam is kelly spotting a window here where she might be able to uh, act
0: well it opens up a different question doesn't it and that is if adam was drunk before but remained chivalrous as you've maintained throughout and i've taken the opposite view of that my question really is how drunk do you have to be to lower those inhibitions And just go for it. So are we, you know, are are we in that drunk stage? And is that further along drunk to where Adam was previously?
1: Maybe. And the other question is, has Adam yet clipped his toenails?
0: That is a very good question. And time will tell in the next scene, I'm sure.
1: Interior, Kelly's chalet. Kelly's chalet is mostly adorned in pink and white. On the bed are a lot of novelty pillows and all around the room are candles. The door swings open and Adam stumbles in with Kelly, following closely behind. Adam falls onto the bed, lying down on his back.
0: Are the candles lit or unlit? I don't, Sorry, I, I wasn't clear on that. I out.
1: don't think they're lit. I, I think that would be <laughs> concerning if she'd left them all lit and then gone, okay. gone to the nightclub. I would, I would not have thought that.
0: I, I, I know we're breaking the scene a little bit here, right? However... <laughs> That sounds like a that sounds like a kind of um, candy nightmare to me. I mean, it's pink it and white isn't, with candles everywhere. That's
1: what I envision now when I think of how <laughs> Kelly's room might be. So maybe this surprises. Maybe there's more depth to Kelly than we've seen
0: previously. Because she has lots of novelty pillows, yeah. and it's it looks like a bag of marshmallows.
1: Yeah, apparently so.
0: Well, I hope it smells like that too, in more ways than one. Make yourself at home.
1: Adam sits up.
0: Oh, jeez. I am literally seeing two of everything. But if I close one eye, I could just about focus.
1: Kelly laughs.
0: Drink? Uh, no. I, I, I think I've had enough. Sure.
1: Adam nods. Kelly walks to the stereo and puts some music on. It plays, blasting out, and Adam jumps up startled. She turns it down. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs>
0: it's all right. <coughs> I think the, the ringing should stop in a minute.
1: Kelly starts to undress in front of him. Adam looks a bit embarrassed.
0: Oh, you don't mind if I just change? Uh, no, no, we're, we're all friends here. Uh, look, at look, in fact, look at the time. <laughs> I... I'd better be off.
1: Adam looks at his watch and moves to the edge of the bed. He is looking at the floor, trying not to look at Kelly. As Adam is I about need. to stand, we see Kelly's feet step in front of him. Adam slowly looks up to see Kelly. Kelly is only wearing... <laughs> Stop, stop it. Stop it. I can't take it if you laugh, mate. Seriously, just st-
0: you have to just stick with it. I can't do it if you start laughing, all right? <laughs> and I've said that to many girls in my time as well.
1: <laughs> just uh,
0: just get the laughs out now or we can carry on. <laughs> We're like teenagers, mate. Pull it together.
1: I think it's because I'm imagining you stood there in a pair of <laughs> Sexy black knickers with your three-chesters. It's like, oh, dear. Okay.
0: I don't think I can do it.
1: Right. Kelly is only wearing a pair of sexy black knickers. She's topless, and this is where Adam's eyes focus. His mouth drops in shock. She pushes... You can't believe you made me laugh I had that (laughs) She pushes him back onto the bed And Adam goes Without a struggle Kelly is on top of him And they begin to kiss Passionately Kelly rips open his shirt To expose his glistening abs And begins to kiss his chest (laughs) I couldn't help myself Glistening <laughs> Why are they glistening? <laughs> What's he got on them? <laughs> calm
0: content, probably. Why are they glistening? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Carry
1: on. <laughs> Adam then forcefully turns Kelly on her back, takes off his shirt, and climbs on top of her. She gropes at his belt. <gasps> <sighs> <laughs>
0: So, how drunk is drunk? Where you could just let your inhibition—that—that that is it. We two jelly bean cocktails and a bit of a bub crawl means Kelly finally gets away with Adam.
1: And I mean, we, we don't know what time period has passed between the last episode and this episode. Adam and Dan seem to be much closer than they were the last time we saw them. That obviously, Dan and Donna's relationship seems to have have moved on, and they are fully into this relationship now. Um, But Sam and Adam, Adam wasn't doing anything with her because I think he really wanted something more substantial with her. But we don't see that that has progressed at all in the time between episode two and episode three.
0: What we've done is we've created the dramatic foil within this scene because this is going to lead the tension and drama going forward where this is clearly going to come out. Now, Kelly's intention... Kelly. We know Kelly fancied Adam. She's taken a, an opportunity. Now, Admittingly, Adam is very drunk, so we don't know whether he has the means to say no. But for me, I want to focus on one bit, and that is the, the visual of this, right? So let's recap. That they are both sat in a room that is fully pink and white, <laughs> with novelty cushions, and Kelly in black,
1: like a licorice all sort amongst the bag of marshmallows. That is
0: very. It's a. It really is, isn't it? It's. She uh, was the gift, it's a Bertie.
1: She was a gift wrap sweet.
0: You're right. I think the the I think licorice is absolutely the right the the right characteristic to stay on this.
1: Who knows? Maybe he planned all this all along and this has been his long game. And really, it was just how desperate can I make Kelly to sleep with me?
0: There you go. Steve is finally, finally joining my ranks in saying that Adam is not all he's cracked up to be. He's just admitted it. He has just said maybe this is Adam playing the long game, which I said a few episodes ago.
1: But I genuinely don't believe that. And you know, I don't. And I think this is just (laughs) Adam's big mistake. We will see if it comes to become a mistake or if the whole Sam thing was a foil of its own and Kelly was the one he was destined to be with. Interior reception next morning. Karen is sat at her usual position behind the desk. Judy is stood at the desk, rummaging through some paperwork. It's all gone through to her head office fine.
0: Without her working a week's notice, will she get holiday pay?
1: There shouldn't be a problem. Will Will there be replacement? Yeah, uh,
0: I don't think there's much point.
1: I suppose you're right. There's only a few weeks left at season. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just the way you say those lines,
1: <laughs> you you look carried Oh, she you?
0: is. She is my favourite character of everyone. She is brilliant.
1: Mark enters holding a letter.
0: Is this true? Afraid so.
1: <laughs> She's getting more and more breathy with every episode. Hello, darling.
0: <laughs> She's... I'm, uh, I'm honing my... um. What's her name? Joanna Lumley. Joanna Lumley. I'm, that's who I'm placing her on. Yeah, uh, okay. How long she been here now? Well, this will be her third season. Shame, really. Good dancer. Almost as talented as me. It, it doesn't say much in this letter. Did she give you any reasons? Not a lot. She just said she'd get herself into a bit of trouble.
1: Yeah, she's up off. Really? She
0: wouldn't say who the father is. Well, that's surprising. She always seemed, you know, really quiet.
1: Quiet ones are always worst.
0: Well, I've got more good news. Alan and Kevin are coming for a surprise visit. Alan and Kevin are coming back! How do you know if it's supposed to be a surprise? I've got my sources. Anyway, I doubt they'll be bearer of good news. Why is that? Between us, I've seen the figures for the summer. We're running at a loss. We're badly under the targets we're taking. What does that mean? Well, I don't know, but it's not looking very good.
1: Adam comes running in looking really rough. He is out of breath and tries to dart past Judy. She stops him by shouting. Adam? Adam freezes on the spot. He winces and sighs heavily, slowly turning to face Judy.
0: What time do you call this? I'm really sorry. (sighs) I overslept. You overslept again. Look. It, it won't happen again, Judy. I, I, I promise. Were you out last night?
1: Adam lowers his head and nods shamefully.
0: What duty are you supposed to be on? Breakfast meet and greet. Well, maybe you should have a shave, have a wash, and then come to my office.
1: Adam nods his head nervously. See you in half an hour, then. Mark leaves, followed by a smirking Judy. Adam looks at Karen, and she stares back. With a vague expression.
0: That is um, at half an hour for a shave and, uh, and to get changed is pretty generous. That's
1: a lot of time. We've got more to discuss. There's trouble at Mill. What's going on? Money's not coming in.
0: Okay, they are talking about a main character who's pregnant and I genuinely do not know who this is. But its right? I've got a suspicion. But
1: it's set. they said she's been here for three seasons. Three years. So I don't think it's any of the main cast because they're all new and I don't remember either so <laughs> this is gonna be a surprise to others. I have a feeling it's one of the dancers that has been remained nameless so far because they said she's nearly as good a dancer as I am.
0: Like I know we wrote it and stuff, but what has it got to do with the story?
1: Are we gonna see one of our characters go into that role if she leaves or who's got a pregnant? You know there's there's different things that it could be down to.
0: So we we now know that Alan and Kevin are visiting. We also know that the turnover of the resort and the sales isn't going particularly well. So um, this is this feel. Uh, although we've laughed a lot, it's starting to shape up like a very dramatic episode. We've dropped in the space of three scenes some massive bombshells here. We've had Kelly, sorry uh, Kelly and Adam hook up. We now know that the camp isn't doing particularly well. And um, and Adam has to go and face the music with the boss.
1: Interior, kids' club room. Robin and Kelly are sat at a table preparing some arts and crafts for the children. Sam is sat telling a group of kids a story at the other end of the club room. So, what's with you today? What do you mean? Well, you've been walking around all morning like the cat that got the cream.
0: Hi, can't a girl just be happy?
1: Well, yes, a girl can. But when it comes to you, Kelly, there's always more interesting reason.
0: Let's just say I had a top night last night, all night, and again this morning.
1: Oh, you dirty little whore, tell me all the lurid details. No, that's my business, not yours. Never stopped you telling me in the past. Come on, who was he?
0: I'm no telling you.
1: Oh, wasn't another girl, was it? Kelly smiles in a teasing manner.
0: No, well, not last night anyway.
1: Well, who were you out with last night then? Oh, just uh, Donner and Dan. Oh, and uh, Adam. Well, I'm going to ask Adam who you left with. Supposed to be doing lunch duty with him. That's if he turns up. He wasn't there for breakfast, meet and greet. Oh my God! You shagged Adam! All the children and Sam hear Robin shriek this. Sam looks shocked and tries to regain the children's attention. Kelly has a broad grin on her face. Well, what was it like? What we talking, little finger or baby's arm? <laughs> Kelly just smiles wryly and gives Robin a telling wink wow a <laughs> little finger on baby's arm that's a good uh, yard mark
0: anywhere in between
1: <laughs> Um. wow what a wait for Sam to find out oh Adam. Kelly
0: orchestrated it. She did. It, it, it we're now getting a flavour of Adam and I was right along twice last night and once this morning was he still drunk this morning
1: I'm still dubious as to whether anything actually happened. Let's remember how drunk Adam was. Kelly has been known to exaggerate in the past. Maybe she's letting her own narrative steer things in that direction, and maybe that will stop Sam from having any interest in him. I guess we'll just have to wait and see.
0: Kelly is clearly a very sexual being, as this scene has alluded to, and I just say, you know what? Go for it.
1: Interior, Mark's office. Mark is sat at his desk. He has papers on his desk and is sorting through them. There is a quiet knock at the door. Mark looks up. Come in. Adam enters, looking a little scared. Mark looks at his watch.
0: (laughs) Half an hour exactly. Take a seat.
1: Adam quietly and bashfully sits down. Mark continues to rummage through his paperwork. Eventually, he stops and looks at Adam. He puts his glasses on the desk and rubs his forehead.
0: Now, I don't believe in beating around the bush, and I don't believe in shouting bollockings, telling off, and so on. I do, however, believe in hard work, respect, and punctuality. You have two of these attributes, and it's a shame to let the latter pull you down. Uh, I'm really sorry, Mr. Stevens, okay? I, I, I don't mean to be late. Adam, don't be sorry, just be on time. I, I understand, and I do have respect for the management here. Yes, and it's been noticed, but punctuality is about respect. It's about reliability and being trusted. You are liked here, but don't forget that a lot of faces come and go. This is a seasonal job, and what you do this year will determine and affect your position with us next year. Don't give us a reason not to take you back. I just assumed, never assume, first rule in management, is to never assume. Well, I'm I'm not a manager. And all that, it's about personal management, and that is something you have to work on. I understand. Now, don't let me down. You've got a few weeks to turn this around. Play hard by all means, but make sure you work just as hard. Thank you, Mr Stevens. I won't let you down.
1: Adam gets up and walks to the door. Adam... Adam turns quickly.
0: Uh, yeah, this isn't school, and I'm not your headmaster. Just call me Mark, okay?
1: Adam smiles and nods.
0: See you later, Mister Mark.
1: Bravo, Bravo, sir. That was there was some actual real acting in that, and that that was very well done. Yes, I I was pleased. Thank you. I felt like that. He was, I really did. He felt like he was in the uh, in the schoolroom, didn't he? He was in the headmaster's office. That's how he was. Uh, behaving.
0: Yeah, I actually enjoyed that scene. I'm not really... You've done quite a lot of scenes where you played off each other like that, but that that was quite an extended. I think it was nice to see a uh, human side of Mark for once um, and let him show his true personality. Yeah, because at the moment, Mark's very short and sharp, isn't he?
1: he he's very matter-of-fact and, and to the point, we haven't seen a lot of his personality come out, really. We've seen that he's very organised and management-minded, but we haven't seen his softer side, I think, so... It was, good to, it was good to experience a little bit of that. I think um, Adam got a little glimpse. I think he thought he was getting his cars. I think he thought he was out of there. Um, and so to just get that kind of, you need to book your ideas up if you want to be back, was a real plus.
0: So, Steve, let's, um, let's take a break here and talk about mistakes. All right. So, have, I mean, what was the biggest mistake you made where you thought you were going to lose your job? Do you have a story to tell?
1: We're going back to auditions again now. The day of my audition to come and work at the holiday resort we worked at, I needed to book the day off, but I, I got the, the call to come for it, like with a day's notice. There was I was working in a restaurant at the time, and the manager was a humongous bitch, and she just wouldn't give you the time off at all. You just wouldn't get the time off with that kind of notice. So I was going to ring in sick on that day to go to the audition because I thought that's the only way I'm going to get out of my shift to be able to travel to the coast to go to the resort to do the audition. So I bottled it and I didn't phone in sick for my shift. But what I did say to my younger brother, who was a couple of years younger than me, he was only about 16 or 17 at the time, I said to him, if they call tell them I'm sick in bed, And he was like, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. They did call. My brother answered the phone and said, "Uh, is Steve there? And he said, oh, no, he's gone to an audition at the seaside. (laughs) Fortunately, I got the job, but did face a disciplinary one. I got back for not phoning in sick or for not telling them that I was going to the audition. What about you, Mike? Have you ever been nearly sacked from a job? for any particular reason or do we have enough time
0: well, well steve that's a very interesting question more interesting by the fact that you know the answer to this back in the day we had to man the fun fair and uh, and take on a ride you know and uh and you got a very brief introduction to a particular ride and there was always a fight to get the dodgeums. everyone wanted the dodgems because you got to dj and play the music and have it all yeah we're talking like you know venga buses coming and all that type of stuff and uh, and you got to work with other people you know um but if you were unlucky lucky enough that day to get a different ride there were solo rides that you would take and i remember this one day steve you were on a roller coaster ride i was probably i don't know there's there was probably about 50 meters between us
1: maybe maybe not even that it was it was pretty close
0: and then I was in a different booth and I was on the, uh, what? It was the Umbrella sky ride crane that takes these uh, maybe 12 or 15 umbrellas and then it starts whizzing round nice and slow and then you lift the this handle, like the gear, and it lifts it up into the air. It was a really hot and long day. Do you remember this day, Steve?
1: It was one of the hottest days of the year. And uh, yeah, and we were on for hours and hours and hours. And you had a very set routine about how you were supposed to do all the health and safety for each of the rides. Uh, and if that was interrupted, it was really difficult.
0: And and you got to remember these booths you're in as well, which you have to stand in because you have to man the emergency brakes and stuff, were like plastic perplex. Now, sun on plastic perplex creates a <laughs> – just think of a car, really. It's like being trapped inside a car, so it's really hot. This situation in question. I know it's a bit of a build up, but it's just to kind of build a picture of where we're at. Steve was doing a double shift on the on the fair roller coaster ride, the dragon coaster or whatever it was, and I was doing a double shift on the umbrella ride. As you go round it, you have to follow a protocol. So what you do is everyone sits in, and then the kids put a seatbelt on, and then you the cages get locked. They get they get shot, and it's like a kind of latch that they connect onto. And then what you do is you go around and you grab the cages and you tug them. And I was kind of halfway round my checks when a kid ran onto the ride so i stopped what i was doing to get the kid moved off and, and push them back and lock the gate and forgot to go around and finish the checks and just walked straight back to the booth and pressed you know i pressed the start button and it started wasn't ran? now for some reason i decided that i just wouldn't even look up and look at the ride i was looking down on the ground but i could hear a, a really strange noise i could hear a tap 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 i'm thinking what on earth is that noise yeah so i remember hearing you scream my name and i i'm looking around for this tapping noise and then scraping and i look up and i see this woman holding on the ride while it while it was spinning around and now the ride's only doing maybe about you know six or seven miles an hour it's not going very fast so protocol kicks in i tap the emergency brakes um and then I, you know, as it takes a while for the momentum to slow down. And I ran onto the ride and I'm screaming at this woman for crying out loud, let go. But she wouldn't let go. We got the ride stopped and we and we got her care. And she was she was a bit scratched and a bit bruised. She wasn't really, you know, hurt in a in a terrible way because I wouldn't talk about this if she was. She wouldn't let go because her child was was in the seatbelt and she was frightened that the child would fall out. Um And I was absolutely terrified. I I didn't know what to do. I was panicking. You shut your ride down. You come running over. There's all these people watching. And I am just stood there. And you know when you just want to disappear? I've never wanted to disappear more in my life than I did that day and I just didn't know what to do or what to say and what happened was she was sitting in the ride and the cage popped open the latch hadn't connected properly and and the door just popped open now nothing would have really happened to her if she would just stayed there but she just panicked but then kept hold and the tapping I heard was her running with the ride so running slowly running slowly getting quicker getting quicker getting quicker and of course I was immediately suspended over that and uh, and an investigation ensued and I was absolutely terrified that i was going to lose my job well i'm blaming i am blaming genuinely blaming you for this situation steve you are at fault and the root cause of this and why is that because you came to me one day and said mike i've got a really good idea the funfair manager is looking for a place to stay and we have an extra room and if he moves in with us he'll give us all the good rides. he will give us the dodgems. They'll give us the fun ones, and and you you spent ages talking to me, talking me into this. Do you remember this, Steve?
1: I thought this was the master stroke. I thought none of us liked working the fun fair. We all wanted to do the sexier duties, you know. Um, so I thought if we get in there and and ingratiate ourselves with the management of the fairground area, that we'll be in the position to be able to go right. Let's get all the cushy shifts. As you would expect, you know, jobs for the boys and what have you. Alas, it went the other way <laughs> because as soon as he got his feet under the table, he turned around to us and said, I can't be seen to be showing you any favors because of the fact I live with you. And if anything, we got word shifts as a result. <laughs> you live and learn. And double shifts. And double Steve. shifts.
0: Right? And double yeah. shifts as well. Um, interesting characteristics. Uh, sure characteristics... we we'll, we'll
1: talk about him. Probably later in another episode, we can go into a little bit more about his uh, his behaviours. I think we've got some uh, some stories to tell about that S- gentleman, Mike. And on that bombshell about your despicable behaviour and my poor judgment in roommates, I think we have to leave it there.
0: Oh, what a shame, Steve. Well, okay, but until next time,
1: we'll see you soon on another episode of Bad Scripts. Bad Scripts was written and performed by Mike Galea and Steve Jones, a Beachtide production.